What's up, guys? My name is Enes. My name is Muhammad. And this is Hoop Talk. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Hoop Talk. We are officially in the double digits of our podcast. So this week has been pretty eventful, starting starting it off with the Clippers and the Nuggets series. The Nuggets pulled off spectacular comebacks in game five, six, and seven. It was really an amazing performance from Jamal Murray and Jokic in game seven. And uh, we'll talk more about the Clippers and the, the Nuggets series in our next segment. We've also had some good games in the Eastern Conference Finals as well as the Western Conference Finals. And we'll also talk about that in this episode. If you guys want to stay updated on when our episodes come out, Make sure to follow our podcast on social media at Hoop Talk Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And um, it would really mean a lot to us if you guys left a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be much appreciated. And uh, Muhammad, why don't you start us off with our Nuggets Clippers series? How do I how do I say this eloquently? Uh, Paul George sucked. You know who else sucked? Kawhi Leonard. You know who else sucked? Who? The Williams. Montrez Harrell was just not the sixth man of the year. Lou Williams wasn't like the continuous off the bench scorer that he has been for two years. Because once Lou Williams loses offense, there's really nothing else to go for there. Like he doesn't really provide anything else. And Paul George played pretty terrible throughout the entire playoffs. He had about zero good games. You know, some people call him Paul George. Some people call him PG-13%, way off P, pandemic P. There's a lot of names for him. But as per usual, Paul George provided a quote this time at the end of the series. Uh, Well, actually, last time was the end of the series, with last time being it was a bad shot. This year, it being it was not a championship or bust year. And that's very interesting to me because... If you look back on 95% of his interviews, he said that this was a championship or bust year. So maybe he just switched his opinion while getting blown out by an overweight Serbian man. Yeah, I mean, this whole year I've been pretty much, um, I've been saying this whole year that the Clippers don't have their chemistry sorted out because... Everyone kept saying, you know, because you know how the Clippers, they had a lot of injuries in the regular season or they they did a lot of load management. You could call it that. So they never really had their full team. I think it was only like 10 games where they had their full, full team. Um, And everyone kept saying, you know, when the Clippers have their full team, they're going to be when they're at full strength, they're going to be amazing. But when you don't play at full strength or when you don't have your full team for the whole season and you just start playing with everyone on your team it's not gonna work it's not it just it doesn't work that way you can't just randomly put in different lineups i mean and coach doc ravers he put in really weird lineups like he didn't put in lou lou williams with montrez harold like those two are a perfect tandem and he didn't put them in the same lineup a lot the main thing was coaching and their chemistry because their chemistry is really what put them back. And I think what's working well for on the other side of the spectrum, the Lakers, what's working well for them is their chemistry because all year long they've had a full team or relatively they've had a full team and they've they've really had great chemistry throughout the entire year. There were some ups and downs, but overall it was just good chemistry. 
Um, and I think the Clippers need to learn from that. They next season to prepare for next season, they just need to know that their number one main priority is their chemistry, and maybe firing coach Doc Rivers. But what do you think about everyone? Like a lot of people are saying that they should fire Doc Rivers. I mean, what do you think about that? You think they should give him another chance, or you think he's done? I don't think like Doc Rivers is a bad coach by any means. I just don't think he's right for this team. Like at all. Yeah. Like he's just not like I'm not not trying to be mean or anything to Doc Rivers, but he's never won a game seven. This this Clippers team is as we saw, even though it looks pretty amazing on paper, I would say. Like they it just didn't connect this year. Paul George was off and on in the regular season due to injuries. Kawhi played pretty great in the playoffs, but the role players didn't show up. And then Paul George didn't show up. And it like it it all kind of stems back to like 2000, like like during the offseason last year. Like what if Kawhi stayed in Toronto? You know? Yeah. Like I think that would have made this year significantly different for both conferences. That's true. I mean I mean just one more year at least with with the Raptors would have been probably better for Kawhi. But I mean, if you have the chance to to pair up with with another all star, another superstar in Paul George, um, We're I don't think. Him I, I think now? Well, George's at the star? time, at the time, he was a superstar. I don't even know Paul George is a star. He's like a like okay, a dime. Yeah, you could dime. say that right now. You could say that right now because this entire season he's been on and off or mostly off. But I'm just joking, man, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't think he would have passed up that opportunity to join um, Paul George. But it, the saying with the Raptors could have been the better choice, or it is a better choice right now. But I mean, anyone could say that because no one really knew that the Clippers were going to go out in the second round. Um, and and then now after they lost, everyone's like, "Oh, he should have chose the Raptors." I mean, like, how would he know that the Clippers can't make it out of the second round? How, like, he should he should have realized that. Um, the Clipper curse is still like going on like no one's broken it yet <laughs> so yeah that should have been a reason to stay in Toronto but so this offseason wh- what's next for the Clippers do you think that they should trade some people which free agents should they get I mean like what's what's next for them what's the next step that they take I mean I think the two teams that are either going to go through the most transformation or the least transformation are going to be the Bucks or the Clippers. They're two teams that had, like, I w- would you say disappointing playoff runs? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, we have the MVP in Giannis, who had a spectacular season and also won Defensive Player of the Year, but then had a very mediocre playoffs. The Clipper, This Clippers team, which on paper is great, and the entire year, even I've been saying the entire year that they were at that they were the favorites to make like the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers. It was going to be this big thing, and it was going to be great. But you know they just weren't good enough. Doc Rivers' coaching is like I said, it's just mediocre at best. I don't know, man. I don't know where like they, they obviously they said something about like going after Giannis, but they would have to like excavate their entire team. And it would be Paul George, Kawhi, and Giannis. And obviously that's really great, but like two of those players have played really bad in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Like if Gian- 
obviously like Giannis, I would I wouldn't say he's been figured out defensively. Obviously, you need to have the right personnel for him, or even just have somebody like Jimmy Butler who's so committed to like to defending arguably like a arguably the second or third best player in the world to to shut somebody like Giannis down. Um, and also, Paul George hasn't played well in the playoffs since his Indiana days. Yeah, to put them over that line. But for the Heat, they the Heat have really been on a roll. They've only lost two games this whole playoffs. And all their role players are shining, like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Those two shooters are doing incredible this playoffs. Jimmy Butler, then Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic. Um, they've really been on a roll. And the Celtics really need to have a lot of firepower to stop this Heat team. And I think they do have enough talent. I mean, they have Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown. They really they have a lot of talent, but they just need to figure out a way to play better defense against the Heat. Yeah, I think that's really the main thing from that. Muhammad, what do you think? Well, the first two games, the Celtics struggled against Miami switching to its zone defense in the second half. And they were able to play well against it. Kemba Walker finally figured out how to create enough space around Jay Crowder. And they played great defense. What are, you, what are your predictions for this series? I mean, I think it's, I still think it's going to be seven games. I think... Um, oh, I think it think depends. It's be seven? Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. Or I'll be completely wrong. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know who I'll pick in seven, but I think it's going to seven. I'm going to say, I know the Celtics do have a lot of talent, but the Heat are just, in my opinion, they're playing way better right now. And I think the Heat are going to win in six. In six, okay. I mean, Jason Tatum needs to continue to play like the way he is right now throughout the entire series. Jalen Brown can't play the way he did in game two. Daniel Tice needs to learn how to, you know, like, like there'll be, there'll be times on defense where he can like cover everybody and he'll shift around the floor. And the other times he just like stands there and then Goran Dragic, like it's a floater. Also, he's Uh, been amazing in this series. Goran Dragic, Dragic, has it Dragic or Dragic? I think it's like Dragic, right? Dragic. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he has, he's been playing really well. Goran. Yeah. Goran Dragon. Um, they did put Marcus Smart on him for a couple plays during Game Three, which I expected. Um, since Marcus Smart is the best defender on the team, um, which is pretty much their only option because he was smoking Kemba most of the time. Um, yeah. and that seemed to like just to, to like slow him down a little bit, but yeah. Um, Duncan Robinson, um, he has. He, oh, sorry, oh, there you go. No, no, you can go. Duncan Robinson, it's not he's not playing like exceptionally well like Tyler Hero is, but he doesn't really have to because he's that much of a threat on the floor where everybody has to shift over to what he's doing when he's at the three-point line. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, that's I mean, if you're if you're a really good shooter, it doesn't even it doesn't really it it not only helps you and your team, but it also helps other people on your team to have better spacing on the court because everyone's just focusing on you. Whenever you're on the three-point line, everyone always has to keep a close eye on you. It, I mean, and then that 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 allows your teammates to get way better shots, and it just 
helps the offense flow a lot. And I think that's part that, that's a big reason why the Heat have been playing really well is because of players like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson who can knock down consistent threes. And also you you mentioned Daniel Tice and we saw Ennis Cantor play a little in game three and that really or also sorry, game two. Do you think that they should start playing him more with um, Daniel Tice on the bench? Like, I, Tice can start, but, like, you can have Ennis Cantor coming off the bench instead of, um, who's that other guy? Robert, uh, <laughs> Robert, what's his name? Robert Williams the third. Yeah, Robert Williams, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's good on defense, but he's, like, kind of a liability on offense. And Cantor's a better rebounder than both of them. He's also kind of a liability on defense. And depending on what mood Eminem is in, then that's really like how how hard he plays. They just have to know when to like if Bam's on the floor, then I would say I would say have actually if Bam's not on the floor, then have Robert Williams the third on there. Um, because he showed in game three that he can just block shots for years and years. But when Bam's on the floor, he is smaller, and he is only in his second year in the league. So don't I, I wouldn't say to keep him in there. I, I I mean, you could have Cantor and Tice on the floor at the same time. But I, I'd say that's only if they're playing Bam and somebody else that's like over 6'8". All right, guys. Now we just have a couple words about our sponsor, Anchor. After the break, we're going to be talking about the Lakers-Nuggets series and how the Lakers managed to go up 2-0 in the series. The next series that we're going to talk about, which is in the Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets versus the Lakers. We all expected this to be the Clippers versus the Lakers, but um, the Nuggets really have turned it up in the past series against the Clippers. But it seems like the Lakers have found an answer to the Red Hot Nuggets because on Sunday night, AD hit a game-winning three to seal the deal and help the Lakers take a commanding 2-0 lead. From, starting from Game 1, I really thought that the Nuggets would win Game 1, especially because of the, the, the run that they had against the Clippers and also because that um the lakers usually lose game one after like a long like a week break that they have they usually lose game one but they actually won by a large margin surprisingly and and then in game two they they didn't really play that well in the second half like all teams that that play the nuggets because the nuggets usually play way better in the second half than the first half the lakers also had a lot of turnovers the, the Lakers had 23 turnovers and LeBron only had 26 points, which is not which is not like bad, but he had a lot of those in the first half, but like only four or six in the second. Half. And um, also AD really carried them in the second half um, to fill in that void for LeBron. But overall, just the Lakers didn't play very well, but they still came out with the win because of the clutchness of Anthony Davis. That is correct. Um, Anthony Davis was spectacular in the second half with 19 points and also was all 10 of the Lakers points during the last six minutes of the game. And he also hit that floater to keep the Lakers in the game after he got beat by Jokic on the post-up. 
And then after that, when the Lakers botched the, the set play, they only had two seconds left. Great inbound pass for Caruso from, from Caruso. And he hit the shot. And now he is the greatest Laker of all time. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that, but like, yeah. Okay, shot. for tonight, he can be the greatest Laker of all time. Okay, fine. Just for tonight. Yeah. But yeah, just but it, it, it really was a tough shot. Um, Jokic being a seven uh, being a seven footer was right in his face, and he drilled it. And he, I saw in a post game interview that he actually yelled Kobe um, after he shot it before it went in. So that was pretty cool. And they were wearing the Mama jerseys too, so he channeled his inner yeah. Kobe there. On the first play after Jokic hit the shot, then LeBron took it up the floor, and he went left like he always does. And then after that, he passed it out, and they got Caruso open at the top of the key. He was, like, wide open. Like, you couldn't have been more open in that type of situation. It hit front rim, and it ended up in Danny Green's hands. Jamal Murray swatted it as he was shooting, and it went out of bounds. Two seconds left. Um, Caruso has the inbound. He passes it off to AD. AD hits the shot of the century. And he is now the greatest sports athlete of all time. I would definitely Correct? agree with you on yes. everything, except for sports yeah. athlete, uh, best sports athlete of all time. But like, yeah, it's fine. Best non-sports <laughs> athlete would be Tiger Woods, as he doesn't play a sport. Yeah, the the Lakers have really played extremely well on defense, especially. They only allowed twenty-one points in the first quarter, and. The, the Lakers defense has really been suffocating the Nuggets. I think that's really the main the main reason why they're playing this well. Because they aren't playing exceptionally well on offense, but they're still playing well. But their defense has really been carrying them. And as all good coaches say, good defense leads to good offense. So that's really the unless main reason Unless you're the Houston the Rockets. Lakers. Yeah, unless you're the Houston Rockets. But that's really the main reason why the the Lakers are up 2-0 right now, and it doesn't really it doesn't look good for the Nuggets. But I can say that the Nuggets have come back from 3-1 twice in this playoffs, so the Lakers ha- really have to watch out because they might get complacent and do the same thing that the Clippers and the Jazz have done. But who knows? The Lakers are a completely different team than the Clippers and the Jazz. So I don't think that's going to happen, but it's the Nuggets. Anything can happen with the Nuggets. That's very true. What are your predictions for this series? Um, I think the Lakers will win in six games. I think LeBron needs to continue his anger and hate-filled streak that he, that he had in the first half because he didn't win MVP. He needs to continue to do that because... He plays really well when, you know, he's like a raging bull coming at you at like a thousand miles per hour and then spin moves and then has a tough finish. I think that's when LeBron's at his best. And I think he needs to continue to do that. But with less turnovers because he had way too many turnovers in the first half. I think AD needs to take advantage of this Jokic matchup as he is slower. As he's been doing that a lot of the time with these step backs. And if I think if Jokic went over that weird LeBron, he was like standing really wide and like Mason Plumlee was under him. And if Jokic went on top of that, then I think he would have had a better contest on AD. 
Um, but I think, I mean, obviously he's a slow Serbian man. He's not really accustomed to that. My prediction for this series is five games. I think the the Lakers will win the next game and then the Nuggets will win to make it 3-1 and then the Lakers will win game five. Mainly because the way the Lakers have been playing, it's it's really been overpowering the Nuggets. I mean, game one was a really good example of that. I thought the Nuggets would come out firing after they beat the Clippers because I thought they would have a lot of confidence and just be making shots and be doing ex- extremely well, but they actually got blown out. It wasn't a really a good sight to see if you were a Nuggets fan, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the main reason. Uh, the Lakers just seem too overpowering right now and they're just going to, they just going to, they're just going to plow through the Nuggets. Um, you mentioned before how LeBron was angry that about the MVP, about how he didn't win MVP. And I don't think it's necessarily because he didn't win MVP. I think it's because he only got, got 16 first place. Yeah. Points. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like, I thought he would get way more than that. And I thought it would be a close run because a lot of people were debating that LeBron should have won over Giannis. But this is a regular season award. He had better averages in all stats than LeBron. He had uh, more points average. He had more rebounds average. He has everything um, better except for assists. He Giannis did it really well in the regular season. And he led his team to the first seed in the entire league. But I think the case you could make for LeBron in the regular season is that he led his team to first place in the West, which is extremely, extremely hard. And it's it is harder to do that in the in the West than in the East. Um, and the Bucks are in the East; they're playing easier teams, and that's probably part of the reason why they are the first seed. And LeBron has his Lakers sitting first in the West. So that could be the, the case you can make for LeBron. And also another thing, the two times that LeBron played against Giannis or when the Bucks played against the Lakers, LeBron really locked up Giannis and he just did way better, especially in, in game two of that uh, regular season series. Um, he really locked him down and forced him to take tough shots and that's i think one-on-one lebron is a better player and if you did count the playoffs obviously lebron would win this award because one Giannis choked like really badly and lebron is about to go to the yeah and lebron's about to go to the finals so you know like uh when you're like you know when you're you're like not looking you're like trying to talk to somebody and you're like drinking water at the same time and then like goes down the wrong pipe and you start like you look like you have corona yeah, that's exactly that was what like, Giannis did in the playoffs. Yeah. Also, most MVP means most valuable player, right? If you take Giannis off the Bucks, then I don't think they would even be a playoff team. But if you take LeBron off the Lakers, they would definitely. I mean, it is the easy. Yeah, they would. They would definitely be in the eighth, seventh, sixth seed without LeBron. Um, so I think that's that's really a big reason why Giannis won the award because he is really 
the most valuable player for his team because of that fact that if you took him off the Bucks, they wouldn't even be a playoff team. So that that's really that's really a big reason why he won that. I would say so too. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hoop Talk. If you guys enjoy this episode, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would much appreciate it. And also follow our podcast on all social media platforms. It's at Hoop Talk Podcast. And we'll see.